Hi guys, it's Dan Keenan here and John McGann from Control the Coronavals. This is part two of Freddie Nielsen and Johnny Murray. In this episode, you will hear them talk about Wimbledon 2012 from a few days before to a couple of days after. The insight is incredible. The storytelling is enthralling. <laughs> You'll be in stitches. You will learn lots, that I can guarantee, and I hope... I hope you enjoy it as much as I did speaking to them. Enjoy the show, guys. If you weren't in the event, you know, itself. So, so talk to me about that, Johnny. One week before you didn't know you were in the event or 10 days before. You know, mm. how are you guys feeling? Um, yeah, where are you guys at? Uh, yeah, I mean, so we, we actually played... A couple of weeks before it, didn't we, Freddie? There's a challenge of Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, so, so originally, I, I played the, the the beginning of the year with uh, Dustin Brown. I'm sure most people know Dustin. Uh, he's, he's an absolute character. But he, uh, you know, we we had had a good start to the year, and then just after the last clay court tournament of the year, he, he told me that he was going to play Wimbledon with somebody else. Uh, so that, that kind of left me a little bit like, oh, you know, I've got, I've got no partner. It's only a couple of weeks before the sign-in. So it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a shock to me, but it's, it's something that happens on, on the double store all the time. So you've just got to obviously try and find another partner. And uh, most people are already set for Wimbledon at that stage of the game a couple of weeks beforehand. So, uh, so I actually gave Freddie because I, I didn't have a partner for Nottingham. I thought I was going to play with Dustin there and everything. So I, I saw, I just had a look through the draw and I saw, oh, Freddie's, Freddie's in Nottingham. I'll, I'll give actually, him a that's not how it happened. That's not how Isn't it happened. I, no, I came to London <laughs> and I randomly spoke to Bruni, my friend, Johan Brunstrom, who uh, we were just talking. He asked, are you going to play doubles? And I go, I don't really, I, I would like to. I don't have anybody to play with. So he goes, well, Johnny is looking for a partner. So you can maybe ask him. So I go, oh, that's good. So I asked Johnny to play. And we decided to play and sign up. And I actually played qualies on this uh, Sunday, which is the day of the sign-in. I just assumed we were in. And I came out and I, we just realized we were the last one in. And normally you were just trying to yeah. hustle your way in. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty close. So you just got in. You, you made the final of that challenger, I believe. So I made the final, yeah. Uh, but but Freddie, you, Freddie's doubles ranking was—I don't know—he was in the two one hundred and fifty or something. I anyway, we, we we there's no chance we would have got into Wimbledon as a you know by entering together because we just weren't ranked high enough. So I I was busy trying to find a partner last minute that would have got me into the because my ranking was seventy odd. And I think combined you have to be about one thirty. So I was trying to find someone similar or slightly higher. Yeah. I was struggling to find that. So. Uh, I was talking to a few people and then I was told that I would get a wild card with kind of whoever I, because I, I, I was the, the, the top ranked Brit outside of the people who were going to get into main draw London. So I was told basically I could find somebody who I wanted to play with. So obviously we, we'd had a good week in Nottingham and, you know, I get on really well with Freddie and I thought, you know, we'd be a dangerous team, whatever. So, you know, I asked Freddie whether, whether he'd, he'd, you know, he'd want to sign in as a wild card. Wimbledon and obviously uh, Freddie I don't, I don't think you, you'd never played Wimbledon before had you Fred? So what happened was I, um, I at that point I was hustling around trying to find a partner for qualies 
and the partner I had signed up, we would be on the actual cut of last year. So I wasn't even certain to get in with him. So we were just kind of tentative. And then I heard through the grapevine the vine, that this was happening to Johnny. So I sent a message to Johnny. Hey, Johnny, uh, just so you know, I'm not really set for a partner yet. So, uh, <laughs> so if you want to play, I'm game. And, uh, and no, that was my first main draw uh, Wimbledon. I, I lost in qualies the year before, but, but this was, was going to be my first uh, main draw appearance. And, and how were you feeling? So, so how were you feeling going into the tournament? You got drawn against the ninth seeds, I believe, first round. Do you know who you played first round? Uh, Lopez Granados. Lopez Granados. So how, how were you feeling going into, into that match? <clears throat> well, I could take that one because I was obviously, there was a, I mean, in, within the world of tennis, there's always a lot of talk and it was a little bit controversial. I felt that uh, they took a wild card away from a full British team and gave it to a foreigner. So I was just desperate to play well for the sake of Johnny, to make sure that he didn't look like a fool for picking some random Danish guy who's just gonna <laughs> shit his pants on court and lose first round. But, uh, but, but, but ultimately, we were, I think we were just happy to play because we, we were pretty confident. We played really, out, I, I, almost, I almost think we played better tennis in Nottingham because we were playing, I mean, lights out there. I was playing lights out in Nottingham anyway. And, and we were feeling pretty confident about coming into the to the to the main draw, and we thought we could win a few matches. And when we saw the draw, I was kind of like, "Yeah, I think we can win uh, these matches, uh, the first few matches, because you know they, they're really good players, but they're grass court players, uh, they're clay court players on grass, and we were playing well. So I, I I felt really good about our chances, and I was really excited to get going and super stoked about the chance to to get to play Wimbledon. And actually the week before I was supposed to play qualifying. So uh, I didn't really have any tournaments played. So I just stayed in practice in the week at, at Orangi and I was seeing the ball like a watermelon. I was absolutely teeing off on everything, <laughs> not missing a ball. <laughs> and anyone that hasn't seen Freddie Nielsen play tennis, <clears throat> when, it, when Freddie sees the ball like a watermelon, it moves. It moves fast. Game over. <laughs> and so Johnny... Could you win it, it before you started? Was it, did, it even, did you even consider that you guys had a chance to win the win the championships? Uh, no, of course not. Of course not. That that wasn't on my mind. I, I knew, I knew I was in a good kind of place uh, in terms of women tennis and how I was feeling on court. Like I said, I'd, I'd played with Dustin for most of the year, and and I had you know we'd had a really good year, and I was doing a lot of my kind of. Uh, you know, the, the mental side of my game and I was committing to that and I, I was feeling great, you know, I was feeling pretty relaxed going into it, which uh, to be honest, I never really did before beforehand going into Wimbledon, you know, it's, it's for, for, for me, for, I think for most British players, it's obviously, or most tennis players, it's the kind of highlight of the year and I would always, I, th I think I'd always, you know, I'd always want to perform well there. So uh, I'd generally gone in you know, excited, but but quite nervous a lot of the time. But the, 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 I'd say this was the first time I was in a really kind of clear kind of headspace or whatever, and really just looking forward to to playing. And uh, yeah, and and, and I knew I mean, you, Freddie's a good player, and I get on really well with him. He he kind of makes me relaxed on court because he's, you know, he doesn't take anything too seriously. He, you know, he has fun on court. And yeah, we we get on really well, and it's relaxed. And for me, that that helps me to play my best tennis. So, uh, so yeah, I think just, just going in, looking, looking forward to playing, really. You, you cruised past the first round, 7-5 in the fifth set. 
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, actually the the first day we were supposed to play. We warmed up, and I, I kept feeling unbelievably good. And uh, and and in the warm up, those of no those of you who haven't seen Johnny play, he's uh, his nickname was in our German club Servant Johnny because he played Servant Wally and everything. And we're doing the warm up, and at the end of the warm up, I just asked Johnny because we we're playing two Spaniards who were serving and staying back. Johnny, can you just hit in a few serves and stay back so I get that target of hitting the baseline? And we had to stop after five serves because Johnny didn't know how to serve and stay back. He literally did not know how to do it. I've still never done it. <laughs> he had no idea Class. how to do how to play, so we had to stop. And then, actually, it rained away that day. We ended up not playing. And and uh, when that happened, I was actually super pumped because you were talking about the money beforehand, and I was staying with my uncle and the per diem from extra day was just like yes. As a, it's gonna make a big difference for for the for covering tournaments later on. So for those that don't know what that is, the per diem when you play Grand Slams in particular, you get given a, a certain amount per day that goes towards your expenses. Wimbledon probably at that time maybe two hundred and fifty pound a day, something like that maybe. Two hundred pounds a day, yeah. Yeah, well, well worth well worth having. So we move into the second round, Karlovich. There's, there's a good little side story with the with the first round as well because. <laughs> So I played really well. Oh, this is more tennis, tennis um, uh, related. Um, like I said, I played lights out in Nottingham. I, I played really well to the point where, you know, one one of our opponents in Nottingham said it doesn't make sense playing against the computer. And uh, and and Johnny Johnny was saying dips dips on playing with you after when you started playing doubles full time. So I was like the best I could play. So I'd really. And when I play well, one of my strengths is I, I, I bag myself to be a good returner. So I had put a lot of pressure on myself going into that first round about returning great. And the Spaniards, they don't blow you off the court with big serves. So I had a lot of chance to get connections on it. And I just couldn't make it happen because I wanted it to happen so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and strangely, I was serving really well, which normally wasn't my strength. And we were taking care of, of serve well. Uh, so, so everything that I usually maybe would cost me in doubles, I was doing really well. And the stuff that I felt was, uh, was my strength, I, I, it wasn't happening for me at all. They kept serving slow sliders out wide to my forehand that wasn't bouncing high. And I was hitting it at Mark 8 in the bottom of the net in the back fence. And at one point I go to Johnny, Johnny, I'm not really making many. What, what, what do, you, do you want me to, do you think I should just try and make it and make it? And he just said, relaxed and easy, and which pretty much set the tone for the rest of the tournament. Nah, don't worry about it. Just keep swinging. So I kept swinging. Round two. I sat next to actually Johnny's dad watching round two. It was, it was one of the most unbelievable things I ever saw was, was Freddie Nielsen running, charging at Karlovich's first serve. <laughs> You know, Karlovich serving at 145 mile an hour and Freddie half volleying the, the return back. I guess that was that was obviously a, a good performance from you boys. Yeah, to, to answer that, I was I even remember getting a few side looks from Karlovich saying what is going on. And I hit I hit one in particular where even Louis said to whoever was sitting that that's the best return I've seen in my life. And I was pretty <laughs> symptomatic because uh, I was so I felt the shackles were off in that match because the, the hurdle of the first round yeah. was uh, was done. I felt free. I liked the matchup of playing against Moza Karlovic because I feel uh, Karlovic, you kind of, he doesn't return that well. So you get, you know, you you, you kind of have a lot of games where there's not that much pressure. And Moza, he'll, in a five-set match, he'll give you a lot of looks 
on his serve because his second serve was so strong and I had a good record playing against him. So I felt pretty confident about going into that match and the shackles were off. I was happy that I performed reasonably well and justified Johnny's decision to play with me. And, and that kind of came off in the second round, I feel. And Johnny, as we move, I suppose, as we move through the tournament, you're now in the third round, which if memory serves me right, was probably maybe middle Saturday or maybe the Monday of the second week. You've now been probably at the All England Club for 14 days, you know, if, if not more. What, how did your daily routine look, you know, as a, as a pair? You know, how do you, what, what was it, was it random? Dif every day is different? What, did you get into some real, real set routines? You know, how, how did that look? Yeah, I think, I think Freddie and I are both are quite different in our preparations. Uh, so personally, I, if I spend a lot of time around these, these big tournaments, I, 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 it doesn't get, it doesn't, it's not good for my head, you know, you like socialising with everybody. Yeah. I, I, just, I get in, practice, get out and just have my own time away from the tournament, you know. I just feel like being around the place uh, doesn't, doesn't help me stay fresh, you know. So I would generally just want to hit in the morning. You know, we played a lot of tennis. I played a lot of tennis that year. We played a lot, you know, a lot of tennis already in the tournament and, and like you say, preparing for the tournament. So at that stage of the game, it's just about keeping the body feeling fresh, just seeing the ball a little bit. Well, for me anyway, this is what, what I like. Uh, so I think we just hit for 45 minutes uh, in the morning, maybe like yes, and 11. You know, you get six new balls per practice. Johnny was at the net before we had started the fourth ball. That's the <laughs> amount of hitting we did. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that is true, but that's something that I... So I, I used to get bogged down a little bit, you know, because I knew my ground strokes were <laughs> very good. You know, so sometimes if I hit too many ground strokes, I'd, it, it, it'd set the tone for the practice and I'd be like, it, it'd get me, you know, I'd, I'd miss a few and it, it, it can annoy me a little bit. So that was part, that was one, one thing in my preparation. There's no point, you know, I, how many second shots do I hit in a match on a grass court? And that number, because generally when I, when I, when I return, I return and move forward. So, you know, I probably hit, less than five second balls from the baseline during a five set match so for me I'd be like okay yeah I'm feeling okay let's get to the net this is where this is where you know I feel good this is where I feel like you know this is my strength I can show my kind of ability at the net so that's another thing with my practice that's what my practice would always try and recreate a little bit so it's a good point you made there, Fred. But the, the, yeah, no, there's a re there's a reason for that. I, I just didn't want to get bogged down in in ground strokes because you know you know you practice. You, you could spend 20 minutes at the at the baseline and realistically, yeah, I love it, love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, so yeah, I, I did 45 minutes, do my thing. You know, if if, if I, I was want any extra whatever, then the other person stay around and, and, and feed them those balls, whatever, and then. I'd do my little stretches, see the physio maybe if I, if I needed anything, have some food, and then I'd, I'd be out in place. Freddie, I think, Freddie, weren't you hitting with Caroline every day? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I mean, Freddie, Freddie she, would take every opportunity to get on the practice court, I think. Yeah, definitely. But she actually lost early. I was supposed to play mixed doubles with her, but she lost early, uh, so we never really got the chance to do that. But yeah, 
I just wanted to play tennis. And the, the one thing, and I think that's also why it went so well for, for me personally, anyway, I can't talk about Johnny, is that I was able to always, I never lost track of the fact that this was going to be a great experience. I was never going like, to let anything stop me from enjoying this. So I had family members, I had friends come over during the two weeks. So every night we would go out for dinners, we would socialize, we would just, I would just make sure that I had the best time possible. And, and when I think back on those two weeks, it's more uh, the, the general feeling from day one of just enjoying myself and having a great time, spending time with people I really enjoy. Johnny is a really, really uh, uh, easy and, and a great uh, person to spend time with on and off court. So it was just all, uh, it was all great times. I stayed with my uncle, saw the family every night. Uh, there was uh, European Championships, so we, we, we were watching that. And it was just, yeah, I just remember a lot of, of good times. One of my good friends lived in London at the time. I saw him a bit, and it was, I just remember it being happy days, yeah. Boys, as, as you're going deeper into the tournament now, so I think he's going in to play Qureshi next, and Rojar, was there any thoughts in your head, creeping into your head that, you know, at this stage in the tournament, we could actually, you know, get into the second week, we could, we could win it? No. Uh, no, no, not at all. I mean, for, for me personally, uh, I think I, I got to the third round two or three times before that, and I never got beyond that. So for me, that, that, that was a bit of a mini hurdle to get yeah. beyond that. And, and anyway, every, every time we, we stepped on court, I suppose, we were, we were the underdogs, statistically or, or yeah. ranking-wise. So I think that, that helped us in terms of pressure, not feeling any pressure, I suppose, to go out and, and be the team that's supposed to win. Yeah. Uh, but all, yeah, also for me, it's just like, these are, you know, these are these are world class players. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, let's let's just focus on this. Yeah, focus. You know, the old cliche, isn't it? Focus on what whatever's in front of you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't think for me there was any any thought that throughout any part of the tournament. Wow. Uh, no, and for me, for me, it was just all. Every day was a new chance to compete at Wimbledon. It was another chance to play a match at Wimbledon. I wasn't even thinking further ahead of that. I was just thinking. This is a great opportunity to play at Wimbledon. I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to play here again. So I, I, I was very, very much in the moment a lot. Uh, every single day, basically. I never really got carried away. And that was, that was a hell of a match, that was, against Koresh and Roger. That, it could have gone either way. It could have went either way, that match, huh? Five in the yeah, fifth, it was a was long it? one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was quite a few tie breaks, I think, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, a lot we, of we rain interruptions. Early. Yeah, rain yeah. Well, a lot right. of rain interrupt. There were so many. Ra I mean, one of my big things for the for the championship was to collect as many towels as possible. So every rain delay was <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 there were so many rain delays, and we stole so many uh, <laughs> towels that at the end they just start giving us white generic towels. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah, I remember we won the first two sets. Uh, won the first two sets, seven six seven six. I think we might have been down or up three two in the third. But it was unserved when it got delayed until the next day. So, yeah, we we were pretty much in a good situation when it then when we then came back and they slowly starting, yeah, coming back at us. Quarterfinals. This was. I will say there, there there's one good thing about the third third round. I was just uh, from a tennis point of view. So, at the end of the fourth set, I started to fatigue a little bit on my serve, and it was a little bit more difficult to hold my serve. I was the one who got broken to seven, uh, five in the fourth. And I felt that um, 
my that it was you know my serve to hold johnny for two weeks straight johnny served phenomenally first and second serves the only time time, uh, time we were close to getting broken was when i fought, uh, messed up uh, <laughs> but so uh, so at the end of that fifth set i felt okay i'm i'm I've, I've lost a little bit of penetration on my serve i'm not hitting my targets as well and jules rocher was starting to return much better um but somehow we stayed in it uh 4-3 15-40 on my serve, and they're up 4-3, basically match points. And at 30-40, I hit a pretty crazy volley from my shoelaces, short ankle pass Qureshi to keep us in the match, who, who made a pretty aggressive coach after I formation. They were going line, and he, that was a pretty nails volley to come up with that time. And we held to 5-4, we broke to 6-5. At 6-5 at the change show, I was feeling, this is what I'm playing for. I was so buzzed. I was hyped up. I had adrenaline. I was always also nervous. And we were playing, and the next game, we won every single point on the do side and lost every single point on the ad side for, I mean, 10 times yeah. in a row, I think. And I, I, I kept, um, I served two double faults because I'd been working with my mental coach on being very aggressive on my second serve. And actually, I made two double faults because I was thinking, who are you trying, what are you trying to prove to people? Just roll the serves in. And, uh, and and play from there. You don't have to go big or show anybody anything. But it was so at that point it was so ingrained to go big on my my uh, well, not big but being more aggressive on my second serve that I actually made double faults because I was holding back. And also twice we went to the same side on I formation. I blamed Johnny at the time for going to the wrong <laughs> I side. I blame you. That was obviously me. No no doubt about it. And 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 finally I think it was the seventh match point. I just said all right right, Johnny, you just hold your side. I'll hold my side. I'm just going to roll in the serve. and I'm just going to put the first volley in somehow and we'll defend the net. And that was, that was how we got through it. Unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> amazing. And now quarterfinals. That match, that match, I had you down as favourites for. Sarah Tani and Roger Vaseline. And, and it almost felt, for me, it felt like that was the first the first match where maybe you were going in as favourites. did Was there any different mentality going into that match? Was there anything that you felt felt different, did different because of that? No, I, I totally agree with you, but I don't think we changed our Good. approach at all. I think we competed in exactly the same way. Good. We yeah, got off to a sluggish start. We got broken first game of Johnny's serve, but then broke right back. And after that, we actually played pretty well. We I felt we were the better team all along, but just couldn't convert yeah was the confidence the confidence was obviously rising each day with you guys winning each match yeah and i think second this, week uh sorry for taking over here johnny but i think that match we actually played pretty well but we just didn't really convert it into breaks so we won the first set seven six uh, we had that early exchange second sec, uh, second set seven six and then we lost the third set seven six and i felt that yeah it's, it felt like against the the run of play that they won that third set and yeah we, we just couldn't seem to 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 get that break in and we felt like we were returning quite the uh or holding serve quite easily and it uh, uh yeah i don't think it it it, uh, it it changed much for us but it just somehow we weren't able to convert yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that, that match i think the, the the big challenge in that one was one of one of our opponents is is uh or seratani uh you know he's he's a bit of a character and he's and he's he can be a bit in your face you know and he's one of these people yeah. you can you kind of know what you're getting but his his 
part of his competitiveness and and why he, he does so well is just he's always there. His energy is always there. He kind of, you know, he, he's annoying to play against. And, you know, he's being quite loud. His grunts were coming in after after he's hitting the ball. He's, he's kind of yelling these things out. And I think that... that Taking several probably, medical timeouts. Yeah, medical time. You know, he like trying... He's not going away. Up. And we kind of knew... We, we, we know him. We all know him. And yeah. we kind of really know what to expect. But, you know, when we're into close match and you can't seem to... You know, we couldn't seem to break him. Because you kind of know where he's serving. You, his game... Uh, what is his game? You know, it's, it can be quite predictable. But, you know, when he executes it and when he's, when he's on his game, he's difficult to play against. And I think that was the... The biggest challenge of that match, and he's very opportunistic, so he doesn't let like he can miss three sets of returns in a row, and you'll have the same positivity and optimism yeah. for the next one. Yeah, and, and yeah. I've got a lot of respect for for, for JC because of because of uh, how he kind of maintains that attitude throughout. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like like Freddie said, you can go to the same spot and, and he can miss returns for four sets and then he'll start and then he'll make a few because he's always there you know i know somebody yeah. like that johnny anyway but i know freddie i know freddie you you were getting quite wound up by him i mm. mean i was as well but mm. you, you you were kind of uh doesn't he? you know you said a few things but you gave him a bit back which which i think needed to be needed to be said and you spoke to the umpire but that that or that match almost got away from us, yeah. Because of his, because of his kind of his energy, really. And, and yeah. we did, I, I thought we did that. That was such a big, a big match, and there's a few really big moments in that fifth set when we were down, break points down. Start of the we, fifth. I, yeah. I can I can we, elaborate on that. I vividly remember it because, yeah. like Johnny said, he just kept going in, and then all of a sudden, Saratani made a crucial return in the third set tiebreak. He made a crucial return to break in the in the yeah. four set, and he didn't make many. Obviously, Roger Vasling is the great returner in that the yeah. partnership, and and JC just connected on a few important times, and then all of a sudden, we were at Johnny serving at two one in the fifth, love forty. I'm like, yeah. how did this get away from us? We were so much better. We were dominating the tennis from what I felt, and now we're here two one in the fifth, love forty. And I yeah. felt the first one, I wasn't, I felt that we were going to win the one on, on JC side, which we did. And then the 15-40 second serve, I'm thinking, okay, this is trouble. Second serve, Eddie Roger Vasselin, he's, he's going to get a good connection on it. What should I do? Should I make a kamikaze move? Should I do something to disturb him? Uh, and I was kind of trying to outwit him by bluffing, double bluff, triple bluffing. At the end, I ended up not taking... <laughs> a volley through the middle that I was supposed to take if you say on on regular st standard doubles uh, tactics and it had good trajectory it was going through the court close to the t close to the tape and I was thinking oh no this is going to be bad news because if Johnny makes this he's going to scramble it up and it's going to be a put away volley and it was a body backhand where he was moving right so he's going towards the alley and Johnny hit a laser first volley winner in the alley where Eddie was standing and I just remember disbelief. And I looked at, at Eddie and I felt that I saw disbelief in his eyes as well because that was the single best volley I've ever experienced in my life. And that single-handedly changed the match for us. And then we won the fifth set 6-2. We went 2-1, love 40. And then we ended up winning 6-2 because of okay. that volley. It was unbelievable. 
Yeah, yes, I think, I think coming through that game from Love 40 and then I think that just, yeah, that kind of galvanised it and we, and we kind of like, whew, we got through that and then we just yeah. relaxed a bit and then we just played lights out for the next, for, for, the, for the end of the match. So that, that, yeah. But uh, don't underestimate that volley because both for, for us, uh, it felt like a great shot, but I also think it had an effect on them saying, holy shit, that was a great return and they just countered it with that. That felt, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I felt that I could see on court that that had an effect on them. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. It's amazing what one point or one shot can do to, to turn a match. One point at big. any time of any match can yeah. change the momentum. Yeah. Why? Because you never know what kind of value a point has. Maybe it brings out some, some former demons. Maybe it gives some sort of shot of adrenaline. Maybe it, you never know. You just never know. Absolutely. You're in the semis, guys. And, and, I'm and tight. I'm getting tight now. <laughs> I'm getting tight, yeah. And that's, that's an, it's another five-setter. So that's three out of five five-setters. No, 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 no. The semi-final or the... the no, no, no. The, fir- the, the three out of the first four rounds were five-set matches. Ah, yeah? yes. Yeah. So you're now playing some, I don't know, so I, don't, I didn't even know about these guys. I had to look <laughs> them up. Some, like some brothers. Uh, I, I can talk about the preparation for that match because I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So we have a day off. Like- we have a day off. We have a day off. We're playing the Bryans. Louis Cayet takes us aside. And we're, we don't even know we're playing the Bryans because on our, on our day off, they're playing Lipsky and Ram. And they end up play, winning in five. But at this time, we don't, at this point, we don't know that. So Louis takes us aside and goes, I have an unbelievable record for when my teams play the Bryans the first time. I know exactly what to do. Okay, okay, cool. So we spent all day preparing for the Bryans and we had a day off. So I was looking forward to practicing. Like I said, Johnny's at the net at his fourth new ball. So there's no ground strokes. <laughs> On the grass, my, my feeling from seeing the ball like a watermelon was kind of going downhill. I was playing great, but just the feeling of it. So I was looking forward to getting a good feeling. And from the get-go we started going into these positional drills, which were highly relevant for the game, but I was gone because I was just, I just wanted some rhythm. So it's like, you, you place yourself here, the ball is here, you play a ball here, and it's just kind of like this practice, which was really good, but I was, so we did that for a while, and just before we started serving, and Louis asked, anything you want to do? And I was fuming, so I was just like, <laughs> completely out of spite, I go, yeah, I want to practice, second shot, forehands up the line for no particular reason that I was just pissed. So he started feeding me balls, second shot, forehands up the line, and I was starting to, just because I was angry and whatnot, I was hitting the ball so well, and I kept, you know, puffing up chalk, 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 and they kept stopping, and Johnny was kind of looking, and there's a more, more, <laughs> they kept going, and I kept hitting it well, and sure you want more? Yeah, I want more. Johnny was kind of like, but you're hitting the ball pretty well. Like, yeah, I want more. I want more. And I kept... <laughs> We kept, we kept doing it, and finally I stopped. And what happened the next day in the fourth set, five all in the tiebreak, the first and the probably last time in the tournament, I had a second shot forehand up the line, and I was 100% certain I was going to hit a winner because I had spent so much time on doing it after that. And the first thing I did after the match was looking out to Louis and say, hey, you see, that's why we practiced the forehand up the line, okay? <laughs> And, and it's unbelievable. And, and, how, and how was that match, Johnny? 
obviously very very tight in scoreline. But and you got moved courts, didn't you? I mean, that would normally be a centre court, court number one. But I believe you got moved to court number twelve because it was heavier. It was we were on court three. We were on court three originally. You are you all? Yeah. We got moved to court twelve. Yeah. yeah. Which, which uh, I mean, for or like us, the Brian's you know, called, for, like the Brian's called it yeah. out here in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, halfway through, they, they, they were shouting into the air, yeah, put us out here in the woods, will you? Were they? So they, they, they were obviously annoyed, annoyed at that. Well, they were losing at the time, which probably didn't, doesn't help it, does it? Yeah. Actually, uh, I have the quote to the referee, Wayne McEwen, because there was no Hawkeye here. So they turn around to Wayne and go, come on, Wayne, buddy, help us out here. We're playing Wimbledon semifinals out here in the woods. Is that what they did? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but yeah, that one, I think, again... We were, you know, we weren't favourite, but we were, we were feeling good. We played a lot of tennis. Again, we played a lot of tennis. We'd come through some tight moments, especially in that quarterfinal. Uh, but again, you know, we're playing the, the, the best team in the world, arguably the best team there has been, double team there has been. So, yeah. pressure can really I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you and tell you my preparation for the match? What? So, it was raining all day, all morning. We couldn't warm up on the grass. I was kind of sitting around up thinking about the fact that we might get changed courts. So I was figuring as soon as they start warming up the matches, we'll just go and warm up in a ranking. And then all of a sudden they start playing and they go, hey guys, you've been moved court, so you're going to play on, uh, you're going to play in 15 minutes. And I was like, uh, what? So I ran over to the indoor courts with uh, uh, one of my former coaches from Denmark who was there to just hit a few balls. We come over there and we we're pretty stressful because we had to get prepared yeah. for match and run over and then go straight from court to match. We didn't bring courts. Uh, we didn't bring balls to warm up with. So we're out there on indoor courts in Wimbledon, just fishing up old balls from the trash can, fitting with dead balls, and then running straight from the court onto the match. And I was like, completely like, I'm not ready for this match at all. <laughs> Crazy. Unbelievable. I didn't even know that. Even know that. Uh, and, then, and then I was a bit nervous because I had to serve first because what we did in that tournament was we kept sides to serve from. So Johnny would serve from one side of, this, of, the, of, of SW19 and me from the other one. I was a little bit tight about that first service game. Uh, but then I started with two aces and that pretty much gave me a little bit of a cushion because the point at 30 love was kind of a slow bunt down the line that I had to run backwards for. And I could not move my legs. I almost fell on my face just because there was so... Yeah, I wasn't ready for this match at all. But luckily, we, we managed to get through it that, uh, that start. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, Johnny. No, no, no. It's a, like, all I was going to say was, uh, yeah, we were obviously weren't, weren't favourites again going into that match. So, again, I, I, felt, I felt good because I was playing well. I think when I'm serving well as well, it gives me a lot of, gives me a lot of confidence. So, I, I, I was feeling good personally and I knew we're both playing well. So uh, You were playing great that, in that match particularly. Again, not, nothing to lose whatsoever. You know, and... I felt, I felt, I remember, I think it was, it was actually to break them to win the first set. I'm probably wrong here, Freddie. Fred, Freddie, will, Freddie will pick me up on this, but uh, I think we broke. And, and I remember hitting a volley, just uh, just getting a little volley over the net and just dinking it to the side of him. And I felt, geez, he was, he was slow to that. He didn't, he didn't even move to get it. And I was like, so that, that initially I was like, geez, I think the tide, you know, because they, they played mm. five sets before, yeah. uh, the day before. Yeah. And they're obviously a bit older. They were a bit older than us at the time. And I was like, ooh. So that, again, was in my mind a little bit. I'm like, all right, okay. So they're, 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 they're a little tired who, here. Who thinks the better out of the two, Johnny? Uh, Bob or Mike? Uh, 
oh god who's better out of the two i think i it's mean just, mike's, they just complement each other yeah so well. they do they complement yeah. each other i mean mike mike's got the big big serve hasn't he uh, no, sorry Bob Bob's Bob's big left serve, so it's like uh yeah i don't i don't know i mean mike mike's won sam's with uh or a slam he won london again didn't he with uh jack sock a few years later so and us open and us open so yeah i mean yeah I think it's hard to, to to pick one of them as a better player, but uh, but yeah, and, and and what I remember from that match is yeah, we got went two sets up, didn't we? I think, and then they they got the third set on a breaker, and then again we you know we just we we we're just playing solid solid tennis and both serving well, and we didn't look like we were getting broken really, and then we came to the tie break in fourth set. I think we went five all above. Yeah, you went ahead. Yeah, so you, you, can't, you can't like yeah. oh, here we go, come on, come on, and. It's amazing how quickly that was kind of snuffed out, and and that's when Freddie came out with his four, five, <laughs> five ball, the second the second shot forehand down the line, winner. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, so if I can yeah. add to that, that I, what I remember was Johnning playing great in that match from the start to the finish, and I think we actually played better than they did in the first set. That was my recollection. But the break to six four, apart from Johnny's shot at the end. I felt I was really lucky. I hit like a lead court winner, a shank, and it was ugly game. And after that, for three sets, I remember thinking, I can't remember. I won't say anything because I might exaggerate to make the story better, but they won significantly more points than we did. And I just remember feeling before every one of their service games, all right, let's try to put some pressure on them early on. And then 45 seconds later, <laughs> game was over. And I just remember like we didn't have any chances on their serve, but we kept kind of, yeah, Johnny wasn't close to getting broken because he was serving so well. We had a few close calls on my serve. I think we had to save a set point in the fourth set as well on my serve. But it was a really high quality match serving all the way through from everybody, I felt. Yeah. And that moment, that moment when you when you won the match point, how did that feel? That you're now in a Wimbledon final. Uh yeah, for me, yeah, it was yeah, it was an amazing feeling. I think that was the first time I kind of felt a bit emotional, you know, because uh, all, all you know, all my family were there a little bit, and just yeah, just getting to a Wimbledon final, and getting a chance to play on centre court. I suppose that's why that is, you know, that's why I started tennis is watching Wimbledon on the telly and, and to get the opportunity to know that you're going to get the chance to play on there, you know, for for a kind of and a Wimbledon final. I mean, it's that. I remember going back to the changing room and, and Paul Hutchins actually coming up and congratulating me and and, and yeah I, I was I was pretty like that's the first time I got emotional like that in, in a positive way in tennis. I've obviously been the other way around. I got a bit over, uh, but yeah that, that 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 was an incredible feeling. And then obviously so excited to to get that chance in in a couple of days' time. I think it was or, or was it the day? I can't remember. The next day. Uh, yeah, it was the next day. So it's probably good that we didn't have an put on a personal note that we didn't have an extra day to stream over it. I think it's good that we had to get straight back out there the next day. But in terms of yeah, for, for me, for me, it was just surreal. Like the other wins were just happy days, glad, great experience, what an adventure. But that win was the first one where it was what is going on here? Because for me, the achievement of making semi-final was was some was more tangible because that's the last day club. That's something you have for the rest of your life, yeah. and that's kind of like a trophy to me. And I didn't at any point think that I was gonna 
be playing the final, you know, if the Bryans, no chance we're winning this one. And that, that was the first time where it was surreal to me. And also, Johnny's mental coach at the time had done his best to jinx it before the semifinal by saying, <laughs> it's destiny, Freddie. It's destiny. And I said, don't jinx it. What are you doing saying this kind of stuff? But he went out to me and said, it's destiny, Freddie. It's destiny. Oh. He believed that, <laughs> didn't he? he believed yeah, he certainly did. Maybe it was. It, was it and at that point, or was there any point where you started to feel a bit of a, a, a rush from the press? You know, especially Johnny being British. You know, it, it was, there, was there any moment where you started thinking, poor, this is pretty real now. We're starting to have a bit of a different, we're being put on a, on a different pedestal or, or, or did that not come until afterwards? Or I think, I think Freddie, I think uh, from a Danish point of view, because and, Andy was progressing through to the final. I think it was the first year he made the final yeah. that year. So obviously all eyes are on Andy. So for me, yeah, it's a nice little story going on in the background. But I think Freddie... And I, I remember I'm doing, we were doing a TV every day, uh, Danish telly every day. So we've been interviewed. So there was, I think it was a, a lot bigger in, in Denmark than it was kind of going on at home. Is that right? Yeah, Frank? it started getting a little more. Yeah, that's true because it started getting a little bit more, more real because the Danish reporters, they come for Caroline and the Grand Slams. So when she loses, they go home. But then when they started coming back, I think was for the quarterfinal, it started to get a little bit more intense. And I yeah. obviously understood that it was something that was uh, a little more than normal interest in, but I didn't really grasp how big it actually was until I got back home. Yeah. Final. How were you? How were you guys feeling that 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 night before? Right. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I think, Well, I, I didn't sleep well the whole two weeks actually. Probably just staying at the NTC. So. Uh, <laughs> you kept the telling line, the story the every day about four thirty in the morning. So uh, exactly. No, uh, yeah. no. I, I was just—I was pretty excited. Obviously, I wanted to perform well, but again, I think I was just like I said before before the tournament even begun. I'd, I'd had a few months of being in a, a good kind of place and with my tennis and, and kind of enjoying it and feeling good on court. And obviously, we'd come through five matches already and just beaten the Bryant. So I kind of, you know, personally had a, had a very good confident feeling about how I was playing but obviously I know it's Wimbledon final yeah uh, it's a massive occasion but like Freddie was saying before I you know I wanted to try and try and enjoy it and I, I was in that space where I was kind of able to kind of do that I think which which is is the biggest kind of satisfaction I think I take from everything for the amount of times I've played at Wimbledon beforehand and and how kind of tight I'd been in certain situations to be able to enjoy the experience and feel like I gave myself an opportunity to to play my best yeah. or to play well you know yeah that's what wow. yeah for me for me it was just happy days we had a big group of family over friends started coming over so we had a big dinner that night we had two mutual friends from Sweden that you also know Carl and Jacob who came yeah. over who just decided to stay for the final um and uh, so we had a big, big dinner that evening. And it was just exciting thinking about getting to play on center court because I was a little bit bummed before the semifinal yeah, that we yeah. got put on court three yeah. because I thought this is my chance to play on center court or court one. So yeah. we didn't kind of resign to the fact that I wasn't going to get to play on those, one of those courts. Yeah. So I was just super pumped. And obviously there's a lot to think about that I didn't really have time to think too much because as soon as we made the final, 
it was just all about tickets, getting tickets for everybody. <laughs> all, most of my family came over, friends came over. I had, I think I had to sort out 30 or 40 tickets to, for that match for something stupid. And uh, luckily my brother helped out, but it's, it felt like there was something that was occupying my mind all the time that I didn't really have too much time to link on what was actually going on. The final. Wow. The final. The, fi the Wimbledon final. The men's doubles Wimbledon final. How, talk to me. How, how are you feeling in the, in the locker room beforehand? You guys take us through from there. Uh, well, we're, so, go on, go on Freddie, you go. Yeah, well, I, felt, I felt actually great up until the, the whole day. It was a, there was a lot of, high, you know, I wouldn't say hype, but there was a little bit of hype during the during the warm-up, we got to warm up. Uh, we warmed up on one of the match courts, uh, snuck by Roger on the way in, who was warming up for for his semifinal or whatever it was because they were backed up through the rain or maybe. Or maybe he was just training. I think he was just training. It doesn't matter. So that was a little bit fun. Hey, guys, uh, what's up? Good luck. Yeah, cool. And uh, just sitting around waiting in the locker room for the women's final to finish. I believe it rained, so we were kind of waiting a little bit longer. I think they had to finish under the roof. So, yeah. so it and they played three sets, I think, Radwanska and, and William. So we actually had a lot of time to wait. But for me, it was, I, I wasn't too bothered. I actually expected to be more nervous than I was. I was pretty relaxed. Uh, yeah, for me, I remember, I remember going down and having a look around centre court, you know, going down the walk that we, we would have done or we yeah. were going to do, walk down and go through the doors and just, you know, familiarise yourself because obviously I, I've never been on centre court apart from as a as a punter to watch and obviously on, on, on the telly watching on the telly and stuff so to go down that whole wall I think that, that was quite a good thing that we did that uh, just to get a bit of a feeling like it wasn't just total like oh my god this is all new this is all totally yeah. new whatever. so I think that was a good idea yeah I think we just what, had a hit and won the match course I can't I mean my memory's horrific anyway but I I, uh, I can't remember a huge amount of what, what, what we did in, before that. But yeah, I remember we were obviously in the changing rooms waiting for the ladies match to finish. And I think after the first set weeks, and I think Serena went up quite early in the second and we think, I was thinking, right, this is, you know, the build up now, getting ready, getting warm. And then it went to three sets or yeah, it was delayed for some reason or whatever. So yeah, the, that, that extra bit of time, it always adds a little bit to the, uh, anticipation i suppose uh, yeah absolutely. but yeah as soon as soon as as soon as you got out there and, and hit a few balls I, I actually felt i felt fine but i think it just it's, it's the waiting yeah. around beforehand waiting to go on that, that that's the, the thing that i find a bit more stressful you know yeah and is there a massive difference between the center court and the other courts when you're on there and that was the one thing that I didn't prepare myself well enough for when I when I went on to the court was the whole the sheer dimensions. I mean, I, yeah. I was reasonably relaxed about the experience final. I was reasonably relaxed about the crowd and all this and all that. But the one thing that actually bothered me during that match was that uh, vis visibly the service box on the other side felt tiny. So <laughs> I felt I felt that I wasn't actually able to hit my spots in the same way because it felt compared to the whole surroundings it felt so small and i remember thinking yeah. from having felt really good on serve the whole tournament i remember thinking gee i'm not really hitting my spots <laughs> there or, 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 or finding the same and i remember 
actually starting to serve a lot more body serves because of the fact that I wasn't, yeah, I didn't feel comfortable going for the corners. An interesting. Yeah, I, think was, I think it was a little bit of wind as well. Yeah, I, I do remember, and I, I remember I was serving kind of wind, with wind, and I was kind of like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm doing that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy being slightly <laughs> against the wind. I'll let you have that. You know, I'll let you have that. So that's probably why you weren't feeling it so much. You know, it was fine, it's fine from my end. I don't know what you're talking about. There isn't a worse feeling when the box feels really, really small. Oh. There's no worse feeling. <laughs> Found, and, and at the up. same time, at the same time, it kind of felt like they came out firing. I really felt like, oh, these are playing at a different level than what we've seen. They were serving so well, really yeah. aggressive, didn't get any looks on, on yeah. their serve. And I th they felt threatening throughout the time. And I just remember for basically the first two sets feeling we're overmatched here. I don't feel, and, and then with the box feeling very small, that didn't really help a lot. So, so I actually felt... <laughs> That, that, for those two sets, I kind of felt like, okay, well, the final's also pretty good, but this is this is how much how far it goes because these guys are just playing better tennis. It was their third Wimbledon yeah. final. They seemed hell bent on making it their year, and I felt the level they put on in the first two sets was just so good, especially on serve, that it was just like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think I think I think that's their MO, isn't yeah. it? The big the big guys, big serves, big cuts of returns. Yeah. Like if they're on, you don't feel very good, you know, you don't feel you're in the it's match. Problem, yeah. Wham bam, you know? Yeah. yeah. So when did you break? Because you won the you lost the first set six four, you won the second set six four. In when did the break happen? And then we broke to win the set, didn't we? Five four we broke, yeah. I think I think Horry actually gunked a bit of a Jumped a bit of a volley for they us. They both played a few. That was the first time they played a bit of a, I wouldn't say sloppy games, but where, where they, they looked like they were affected by the occasion. That was a poor game from their side. It's not like we played outstanding in that game. No, they just made them play. They, 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 yeah, we made them play and they missed a few shots. And then, the third, so you won the third set 7-6. You then got yourself... So actually, on the second set in that game, we broke 5-4 deuce. Yeah, I have a, a shot from the baseline where I'm just going to go rip it up the middle and something snaps in my wrist and I actually end up hurting my left wrist to the point where I can't hit proper backhands for the rest of the match. I'm kind of like, okay, wow. this is not good. And I, was, I didn't really know I was holding before the set point. Yeah. I, didn't have a, I didn't have to play a, a ball on, that, uh, on the next point <clears> because... Uh, uh, they missed the uh, first volley after the return and then after change I was kind of like I had to take an injury time and I remember thinking this is just a shitty way to end and I told Johnny Johnny this is pretty bad this is not just this comfort. yeah he, he told me he told me I might I might have to pull out yeah I think I might have done something yeah. like proper serious. Oh, did I actually say pull out but, no no you said you say no you, you, I remember you saying look this is I think I think I've literally something's come up come away you know what I mean yeah it was bad it was bad yeah, yeah. So you, there was there was little kind of inclination to like oh, I don't know whether I can carry on here. Um, exactly. Didn't we go? Didn't we go come off a rain at that point? So before the second, this was between second and third set. I, at the back of my mind, I was remembering Yakuniminen, who had a similar experience, and then he snapped his wrist completely and wasn't able to continue. So I took the took a medical timeout, asked the trainer, so what what am I looking at here? Can I can I risk it? Can I make it worse? Should I keep it warm? What, what, what am I looking at? You said, There's always the risk that you can make it worse. So from my point of view, it's just a matter of, okay, I have a certain amount of 
returns. So I'm gonna try and keep them for important moments. And then for the third set, I can't really remember how much it was in the back of my mind. It felt like I was trying to chip a lot and it was yeah. shocking level of chipping. It was like, if it, if it was America, they would, the crowd would get a lot of balls to bowl souvenirs to get home. <laughs> and I actually remember thinking, okay, so we're playing now, but how are we gonna win this match? I don't remember. I, I was thinking I can't. I can't sit a backhand return if you just serve on my backhand. I don't know what to do. And uh, Johnny was serving the first game, so I was serving at one all, fifteen thirty, and I have this thinking: How are we gonna get through this? And at fifteen thirty, uh, Takao hits a laser return on my shoelace, and I hit a ridiculous backhand half volley inside out winner pass. Robert, the one that the kind that makes them go like roll their eyes, and me like. What on earth was that? And actually, when that happened, I kind of felt like something lifting me up in my shoulders and thinking, all right, all right, just stay in it. Try to hold serve. See if something can happen at some point. Grind out a point somewhere here or there. And, and that particular point changed a lot for my mentality. And after that, I, it just became a, a matter of holding serve and see if you can get something out somewhere. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And the rain delay came... Then the rain delay came after the second set. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but in the second set, we have to say, was that uh, magic moment for Johnny where he had the, the volley on top of the net that he put away and touched the net. And the funny thing about that was that in the final of Nottingham Challenge, a similar thing had happened. And we had a long talk, not a long talk, we had a little bit of a talk after the final about fair play and what's our reaction to it. Because uh, in the final, uh, we, we kind of owned up to a ball that had hit my shirt that yeah, that was quite tough to see, and we were talking about yeah, that's always how we're gonna do it, and if it happens, and it doesn't matter where and whatever. And we, we uh, Johnny was also saying that that's the kind of stuff I want to do, and honestly, not for a split second did he hesitate to say it, and I was kind of uh, what, what just happened there, and you can see my reaction is ridiculous. I kind of. Oh, he hit the net and he owned up to it and nobody knows. So I started running up to the umpire to say, he touched the net, he touched the net because it's like, dude, he's already saying it. Just relax. You don't have to get involved there. But I was just kind of, just, yeah, just let Johnny. So that's for people, for people listening, that Johnny, Johnny touched the net um, and, and owned up to it. And, you know, the umpire hadn't picked it up and he owned up to it in, in quite a crucial moment, you know, which is, which is almost, well, I think it is, it's, it's it's as impressive, if not more impressive, than than actually winning the event. And um, to move you guys on I, again, I would and we were we were go, we were going to go up big in the tiebreak, and it ended up getting a little bit close, and we had to this dig was, it out and win it seven five. <laughs> this was third set tiebreak. <clears throat> yeah. We then we've then got fourth set tiebreak. Oh, the fourth set, you were in a moment where you maybe felt you could have won the match. Let me, let me just let, let me just stop you before that, because obviously the thing happened with the wrist. I'm kind of yeah. shuffling a few returns in as soft as I can, and it actually turned out to be good because I'd been taking the returns, as you said, on the rise, hitting it yeah. as hard as I can with no success, and actually taking the pace off and just dominating into the feet ended up being a good thing. But then, like Johnny said, between the third and the fourth set, there was a, a rain delay, and it was so bad that they had to come off and put on the roof. And in that rain delay, I, was, I managed to get uh, an ultrasound scan. So they were able to see, oh, we can obviously see there's some, there's some fluids here. It's not great. You have some pain. But don't worry about making it worse. All, all you have to worry about is your tolerance for pain. So basically, in so many words, he said, how big your cojones are. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it, it also gave you the confidence as well, Freddie, didn't it, to be like, 
yes. relax a little bit about it. Because yeah, yeah, you, you were pretty concerned about lasting damage, you know, or whether it would pop if, if you hit yes. any more balls. So it was, it was quite a good, yeah. <clears throat> amazing that you could have got that done at that stage of the match. You know, we, I mean, that was quite fortunate, excuse me. <clears throat> that was quite fortunate for us that, one, we had the rain. Less the days, yeah. If you had those, that, that system. Yeah, it was absolutely crucial. As you said, it made me, it really made me relax a lot more. Yeah. And fourth set, you're two sets to one up. Fourth mm. set, towards the end mm. of the fourth set, mm. you're, you're in a position where you're maybe a couple of points away from winning, winning Wimbledon. What, what <coughs> happened and what's gone through your head then? So when Johnny yeah, came I can say well. it was 5-2 in the break of them serving. Yeah. And we have two semi-looks. I mean, not great looks, but we had a few. I mean, on a good day, we could have done more, but it's not like expected that we did that. And at 5-4, I was serving, and I hit a decent serve at 5-4 that he, I would say, semi-shanked, and Johnny had to semi-dive for it. The only time that happened in the entire tournament, until the next point where he did the same thing. But the difference was that this time it was a terrible serve for me right right in his strike zone and he had a return passes and then they hit a service winner and that felt big for them. They were screaming with emotion and yeah. and then felt like they really turned their, turned it around. And after after that point, Johnny turned around, went to the to the bathroom and I was a little bit I was thinking, Oh, that's a shame, but I'm not worried because I don't feel we're gonna lose serve. Yes. So I was listening. I was sitting at that changeover on my own, and between the fourth and the fifth set, looking out and just saying, "This is such a great experience. How cool is this? <laughs> a, there's a lot of people. I hope Johnny's not too bad. Too, doesn't feel too down because I don't think we can get broken and we'll get this." And he came back in, and he was as cool as a cucumber. So at that point, I was. It didn't bother me for one second. As soon no. as I saw how calm John was. Good. Uh, well, from my point, from my point of view, <laughs> obviously there, there was two volleys there that, you know, I I, I probably felt, yeah, they, they they weren't easy volleys, but I I would have said yeah, they, they were tight volleys for me as well. I mean, it's a pretty important situation in the match. They were difficult volleys, but you know, I think on another day I could possibly make that. So for me, you know, that that's that's obviously going on in my mind a little yeah. bit. You know, really, I never knew five, that. Yeah, you had believe that. it or not, yeah, five two up, yeah, four set tiebreak. Uh, really, because I felt that you were absolutely you had nothing to do on those. The first one, I was okay with my serve. I thought it was a lucky return. The five all one, I was gone with myself because that was a terrible serve. I never had an idea that you were even considering the fact that you had a decent play on those one. That's well, you know, if you, I think if you get your racket on the ball, you you back yourself to potentially make yeah. that ball. You know, because yeah. I'm on top of there anyway. It wasn't an easy shot. It wasn't a complete guff, but I think in the past that might have that might have affected me more than it kind of did. I think just the fact that uh, you know I still felt we 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 were good enough to win that match, you know, and I felt we were playing well enough. So <clears throat> I think at that point, for me personally, to be able to take that little breather and reset a little bit and get my head right in terms of, right, you're playing well, you're in Wimbledon fight, you know, you had chances to win. You know, it's, there's a whole set to go. Why can't you carry on doing that? So, you know, I think it's quite an important, obviously important time how to react to that kind of Absolutely. situation like that. <clears throat> and, and especially now, Johnny, after what you talked about <clears throat> a few years earlier, seven, eight years earlier, you'd had experience at Wimbledon where maybe 
you hadn't been able to put those things. So I guess it, it also showed how much you'd moved your mental skills on to be able to then do that in the Wimbledon final. You know, so you, you now, you've started, the, you've started the fifth set pretty well. You know, you find uh, yourself... Yeah, let me correct you there. That was one of the most impressive service games of the whole, the of first the whole two weeks because yeah. you come off that four set disappointing and Johnny just served it out as if it was any other game. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. It really was, yeah. yeah. And it helped yeah. calm me a lot. It, it was big from a partner's point of view to yeah, see yeah. that my partner just reacted like that and, and served yeah. it out so calm and like he, like it was any other game in the tournament that that made me feel great incredible yeah yeah so like i said like I, I was feeling good on my serve so again i, I back myself as long as calm down re reset a little bit yeah. you know keep doing what you what, what you kind of been doing the whole and whole and tournament. let me stay out of your way then all will be good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And it and it's the final set. Tell me, tell me, when did, how did that go? You know, when when did we get to the stage where the where the break of serve happened? I think the next get the next game wasn't it? We broke we broke their first service game to go two love up and then three love up. So we got we got to start early, which is great, obviously, <clears throat> uh, to get to get your nose in the head. And obviously, the fact that we had we were both holding serve and both serving well at that at that point, it's kind of like. Already, you're like, okay, just keep just keeping our serve, keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. the it was the greatest set of tennis I've been a part of in my life on on court, <laughs> in the sense that I've never had a match <clears throat> like that before in my life. The, the the way we broke to two love was we had some pretty there were some cool points in there, some good reflexes and yeah. and 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 some 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 good stuff that that lifted the crowd. One point in particular where we ended defending a few smashes and, and really got the crowd going. And, and from then on, they were very vocal. And the next service game to love, I'm serving. We're down love 30 on my serve. And, you know, my, the, the way I've been working with my mental coach was just preparing to play Wimbledon. You know, mm -hmm. all we did was to prepare to play Wimbledon. And we had a good, which is very, very, one of the big things for me, a good, good start to that in, in, uh, in Hopman Cup in the start of the year where we prepared to play, but we hadn't prepared to win. So when I was about to beat the top 10 player, I wasn't prepared to win. So I ended up choking and not winning the match. Yeah. So that experience l taught me a lot. And then going in the final, I was much more prepared. This was what the whole, everything was did was with the purpose of being able to do it in the Wimbledon final. And I felt so good about myself in that moment that at Love 30, I, I, you can see me kind of smiling because I found my mental coach up in the, in the stands and just laughed at him because uh, not, not haha, but more like, I, I really got this. I'm not worried at all. I really feel good. I'm gonna, and and we served it out with four great serves. Uh, I've I've seemed to remember after that and held comfortably at the end after Love 30 because it was just such a great experience. And after that, I felt every time we got up from a change of end, the crowd was there. I got goosebumps. The the emotions of going through it they were just unbelievable. And 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 one point in particular when uh, when Johnny was serving at 3-1, game point to 4-1. Takao kind of laced the returned at me and I hit a shank dropper, a dead shank dropper. And at that point, I completely relaxed because I thought, it is ridiculous. If I just hold my racket, the ball will somehow hit it and go over and we will win this match. It doesn't matter if, if this is how it goes. So it, it just kind of, this is ridiculous. So my next service game was the best of the two weeks, I think. I think I hold to love. Hit yeah. some backhand volleys here. Johnny hit some good ones. And it was just like, 
it, 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 it was the greatest experience I've been part of, yeah. So we now, we're now 5-3, Johnny. As a tennis coach, you talk about these moments all the time but, and, and, and you try and create serving for Wimbledon, you know, and as, as, as a way of getting butterflies and as a way of trying to bring it to life. You're now serving for Wimbledon. And, and I guess what I'd like to know is, one, how you were feeling, but two, Freddie, how you were feeling and how then you were able to help Johnny in that moment as well. I'll add a third one into there just for the after it. How heavy was your arm, Johnny? <laughs> hey, the, the arm wasn't too heavy, actually. It, it, it's, it's the left arm for throwing it up. It's a bit jittery. You know, that, that, that's, yeah. the one that, uh, that's the one that gets you. But, uh, yeah, I would say, I, I was thinking about it, obviously. I think we were 5-2 up, they were serving. And that, that whole game was a bit of a, <laughs> from my point of view, a bit of a write-off because I was thinking, right, I'm, I'm next game I'm serving. <laughs> This. So it was a bit like, yeah, let's get this game over and done with. You know, I want to, I want to kind of get get to the nitty gritty of it. Uh, so yeah, just I think in the change of ends, just thinking about <clears throat> doing what you've been doing. You know, keep it keep it simple. One of the yeah. running gags. Uh, you asked me how I helped Johnny. So one of the running yeah. gags we had, we were talking very casual throughout the tournament. The changeover. So I'll give you one story. We even made a a linesman, a ball kid giggle in the first round because it was very sunny. He was standing with an umbrella and on the other side of the stands, I don't know how to explain it the best way, but a woman who had pretty uh, strong attributes were walking across the stands and we were just kind of saying, oh my God. And the, the umbrella started shaking and we looked up at the, at the ball kid and he just looks at it and go, I concur, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we were pretty relaxed, and then we, we, one of the running gags we had, which started in the semi-final, we were sitting at a changeover in the semi-final on, on court 12, looking onto center court, the clubhouse, and we were just talking about how nice is this club? How cool yeah. is this? This is the nicest club. And Johnny goes, yeah, if Carlsberg did tennis clubs. So that kind of became a little bit of a running gag from then on about if Carlsberg did. So at 5-3, you just go, hey, Johnny, if Carlsberg did moments to live for, Amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and then after that, I tried to help him by destroying his glory, by making it close, by messing up a few points to get it to 30-all. Because the first point, Johnny had a great serve. The, the return kind of came over the semi body forehand side of me, and it got lost a little in the... In yeah, the, the net the, tape. It was just over the, the net tape. It's one of those awkward ones, wasn't it? The kind of, you're not sure it's going to clip the net or not. Exactly, and it kind of got lost in the scoreboard, and my reaction to it was, is it going to hit? And I made, I made an awkward movement to kind of like jump over to try and get it, and and 15, 15 love, Johnny hits, uh, love 15, Johnny hits great first volleys. I think Takao hits two or three shanks. He keeps doing it well. He hits one clean to me, and I hit a shank dropper, obviously. I'm thinking, of course, just hit it to me. I'm going to hit a shanker. And then at the um, 15 all, we win the point. 30-15, I'm thinking, because I feel so good about it, we're going to win this tournament. I know it. I knew it at 4-1, you know, the game to 4-1 if I just stick out my racket. So I'm just saying, I'm going to go kamikaze move here for the first time in the tournament. So I did an un, uh, unagreed on cross that I was so fast to run across that I kind of get, get past the ball a little bit and didn't get a good connection. I didn't get a good stick on it. So Robert had the whole court behind me where Johnny obviously wasn't just a reflex winner to get us to 30-all. So like I said, when we were in trouble with Johnny's serve, it was when I tried to decide and go and, and, and make something to, to make it a little more exciting. 
<laughs> no, that was a good cross, that Freddie. It was a good cross. Thirty all point. Okay, thirty all. So you, you missed the first bit where I where I had to redo my toss because I was too nervous. And not only the toss, I I swear I could hear people in the crowd go ooh when he took down the toss. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd yeah, yeah, I mean, was crazy at this point, huh? Yeah. So that point, yeah. obviously, yeah, I think I made four, four, whatever five out of my six first serves in that. So I was pretty happy with my the way I was serving, whatever. But yeah, I think we just played solid point there, didn't we? At thirty all, made him play, yeah, made made him solid. go for his, his his short angle, and he kind of he obviously missed it on the top of the net, and then a uh, little yeah, bit of bad fun. positioning for me on my volley, but I made up with it, uh, made up for it with a little bit of a step to the left. So yeah. I think I gave him a little bit too much space, but then. Yeah, he actually missed his favorite shot, the short yeah, angle there too. Uh, yeah. And I think we both gave the loudest commands of our lives, but no, <laughs> the other one couldn't hear it because the crowd was so loud. Amazing. So at this moment, actually, this only happened to me two times in my career. I had a vision of what was going to happen. It was weird. I can't explain it. Maybe it's nonsense, but it actually happened. I had a vision of Johnny serving down the tee, uh, Horia leaving a forehand over the middle, and me hitting a backhand volley. Um, out in the in the open corner and then i wanted to say to johnny just go down the tee but he yeah. said it himself so it yeah. was just like before this point i had kind of uh yeah i knew everything that was going to happen and when it happened because i knew it everything felt in, in slow motion so if you see my reaction to it i know i'm going to hit a win a, a winner but because everything feels so slow to me all i'm thinking about is don't celebrate before the ball has bounced twice. So if you look at me, you can see after the volley, I kind of stand still for a second. Yeah. And when it's bounced twice, I kind of go into the celebration because everything felt so slow to me. It was a weird, surreal experience. We shanked the celebration there a little bit. I think you went right into my nose. I'd have been <laughs> But what happened there was I felt that you had been the much more emotional one in the in the other rounds, and I feel I had been a little more calm and stoic. Allowed myself to I allowed myself to to think ahead. Okay, when we win now, don't leave Johnny hanging here on center court. Just go with him in the celebration. And then when it happened, I was a little bit surprised. Oh, Johnny is kind of uh, laid back now. So uh, yeah, we kind of shanked. Shell shock. Shell shock. Absolute class, boys. And Johnny threw a ball into the stands after the match. Where did that go? My, my, my uncle caught it. <laughs> yeah, he got it. He got it. That's pretty Four wild, huh? In, absolutely incredible. Um, I feel like you boys have more than given us anything that we could have imagined today. It's, it's been incredible. So, boys, you're now Wimbledon champions. How, does that, how did that feel? Yeah, not bad. I think there are worse feelings in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think as you can tell on the, uh, you know, he's a pretty, I don't know, I think I'm surprised more than anything. It was just a bit of shock. I think in, in, my, in my little interview at the end, I didn't, I didn't really know what to say. Uh, I think I had to pass it over to Freddie for something like that to kind of happen and, and come true. It was, uh, yeah, a pretty incredible feeling. This feeling that you guys ever had on a court? Yeah, I think for me, but yeah, by by a long way, really. Just the whole occasion, and and you know, 
because towards the end of the match, it was the atmosphere was good and it was kind of building up. And obviously, to have my and all, all my family there uh, and quite yeah. a few relatives as well. So it's, it's a kind of it's just the whole kind of atmosphere and, and the whole uh, having people who kind of support you, you know, throughout your whole kind of career there. And to, yeah. to come Amazing. to the climax and, and, and actually get over the line and win it, it was, uh, yeah, just a massive feeling of like satisfaction, you know, and kind of, yeah. you know, it's all, it's all kind of been worthwhile, you know, because yeah. I think every tennis player knows it, there's so many kind of periods when you question what you're doing and everything. So it was a bit of a, for me, a bit of a like, oh, you know, kind of worth all these whatever years have put in, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will say, yeah, it was, it was obviously a great feeling, but at the same time, it was also, you asked me if it was the best feeling I ever had. One time we won promotion in Davis Cup from Division 2 to 1, which was pretty something I didn't uh, expect. And compared to Wimbledon, after we won the final, it felt like there was something going on all the time. So after the match, we rushed off the court because I said the women's doubles final after that. We rushed through the celebration, rushed up to the to the locker room where we had a glass of champagne, straight down to doping test, uh, I think, with a glass of champagne doing doping test. Then we had the media. <laughs> then we had media arrangements. Then there were so because Denmark is so close by, there's so many people from Denmark by, over and the federation who held the a whole thing in uh in the in London for like a reception to 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 celebrate it, and then after that I went out with all my friends. But it was also about seeing the friends. The next morning we had to get up early for an interview on uh, on Senna Court before the men's final, followed by a little bit of treatment for my hand, which which uh, got hurt uh, during the final. And then it just after I got home there were celebrations, celebrations. So it kind of escalated for a long time for me. So I never really got that one feeling whereas compared to Davis Cup when we went up we uh, nobody gave a shit to be honest so it was yeah. just the team of us and we had worked for something together and we were able to let out that euphoria of achieving something right there right now without having to do anything else than celebrate it so we had an unbelievable celebration straight after the match yeah. unfortunately destroyed the locker rooms we uh, we had an unbelievable party and and in that sense that euphoria was able to get into a bigger climax yeah. than it was in Wimbledon because there was always something coming in Wimbledon but yeah. obviously when you when you when you when you see it in a different way there was also you could celebrate you could share the feeling a bit more there was always this feeling that okay I shared it with Johnny but then all the people there they were happy for us and stuff and it was obviously nice to uh, to to be able to to share it with uh, with friends and family but but compared to the euphoria of just being able to let it out because we were just able to maintain it with the team that was different yeah. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. yeah, it goes without saying that uh, the whole thing of getting to experience that, and I feel that I'm I'm very happy looking back that I was able to keep a a, re a relaxed mind about it, and and like I said, throughout the entire tournament, not not let anything get in the way of enjoying it. And so the same thing happened with the celebrations. So we just it was just even that was a good experience. So it was just yeah, it was it was uh, pretty much once in a lifetime. And in terms of you said the next morning you were back early for early four interviews how were the heads how were the heads the next morning Johnny <laughs> mine actually wasn't too bad I mean like Freddie said it was pretty hectic afterwards so I, I didn't actually see my family until about an hour and a half after after we we kind of won the match and everything because it was like Freddie said was things to do in the locker room then we had to do doping 
know, we had to do media. And then by the time, time we got out, it, it was pretty late, wasn't it? It was already maybe yeah, like 11 o'clock. It was already like 11 p.m. And, you know, we, we both did our individual things. I had a, a lot of family over from Ireland and obviously my, my folks, my brother and sister and some friends were down from Sheffield. So we, we, we didn't really, <laughs> typical of my family, we didn't really have anything planned, you know? Nothing, no table was booked, no, no kind of error. <laughs> we just kind of winged it. <laughs> so we ended up... Uh, ended up just you went for your nice food in Putney. Putney. Yeah, went into Putney and, we, and there was nowhere open to eat. Nobody had eaten for, for about five hours. Nobody had dinner. So uh, there was this, this, this like dodgy Chinese down the bottom of Putney, Putney High Street that was closing up. <laughs> we popped our head in and we were like, oh, any chance? There's like, there's like 20 of us. Any chance we kind of get some grub? And they obviously like... We were like, okay, yeah, it's good business for them and everything. So we stayed open yeah. for an extra couple of hours or whatever. So we uh, we just had some food, really. And then I think it was it was raining heavily that day, and we tried to get in some bars in Putney, but <laughs> let, nobody had let us in because we were all in shorts, and you know, preparation was awful for for like a celebration. But, uh, and then we found a, we found some some bar somewhere in, I don't know in the back and beyond that that was quite empty, and, and we just kind of had a few drinks. And to be honest, I was absolutely shattered as well. So I don't know. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of the celebration that uh, you would kind of think you'd yeah. have after something like that. But uh, <laughs> so my head wasn't too bad. I, I, I had a half a decent night's sleep actually. <laughs> yeah, I was. I would say that I was. Um, I was more tired. Like Johnny, I was so knackered Saturday morning. I, I didn't sleep all Friday and. Yeah. Uh, just like Johnny, we had nothing planned. Everything was planned for me. I didn't even know there was a thing with the federation. Maybe I did know that there was a thing with the federation after the final. But after that, we just had a lot of friends there. I actually can't believe why didn't we get together or stay in yeah, touch. No. That's a strange ride. But anyway. Um, we focused on uh, the tennis rather than the celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is probably a good thing. But we went. Uh, <laughs> so I lived in, in Kensington at the time with my uncle. And we went down to to King's Road, I think it was. And we had an acquaintance in London who set us up with a place and we just kind of went from the reception at Danish Tennis Federation straight into this nightclub at the at, at the Raffles, I think it was called. And they had obviously known and saw and seen the final. So they said, oh, it's this guy who played the final, opened up everything, let us in, gave us a corner a lot they, because they knew I was probably going to drop a, a, a significant load of my prize money in there. <laughs> but just like it, just like Johnny, we hadn't uh, we hadn't had anything to eat. So two of my friends they just went to McDonald's and came back with like ten bags of burgers and that we ate in the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. But, but, yeah. but Classic. actually, it's the one time where I, I was really trying to celebrate hard, and I'm like. I'm not a big partier, but when I do, I try to go big. But this time, I was just so tired; it didn't really have an effect on me. I didn't. I I was not drunk at all, and I couldn't get drunk because I was so worn out. And that, just like Johnny, I, I didn't, there was no headache the next day. I was just tired because I couldn't really sleep, and I spent a lot of the night replying to messages. You won't believe the amount of messages I got all of a sudden. And I tried to reply to the messages in the middle of the night when people were sleeping, so I knew there wasn't gonna come a counter message right away. So I wasn't sleeping much for the first week, to be honest. The first sleep I had, proper sleep, one week later, from from um, Saturday to Sunday, the next week was the best sleep I've ever had in my life. It was unbelievable because up until then, <laughs> I barely slept. 
So you, so wait, you guys are owed a big night together to celebrate this 2012 Wimbledon Championship, guys. Um, yeah, good point. Could I, could I get on the guest list for that? Or <laughs> can I, no, I, I would love to be at that party, lads. <laughs> I, think, I think we need, we need to organise it. The ten, ten, maybe a ten-year anniversary from it, June yeah, 2022. Like yeah, and so night, celebrate yeah. that and the end of the Corona nightmare. Well, yeah. Hopefully, they don't come at the same time. No. It's amazing how time's flown so quick as well, isn't it? Just like we're in 2020. So it's eight, is it eight years now since, yeah. since that final? Yeah, we've been eight years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it unbelievable. Feel, it feel that long. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's pretty well. Huh? In, absolutely incredible. I I'm going to have to say a massive thank you at this point because I never I never thought that this was going to go on for two hours. I feel like you boys have more than given us anything that we could have imagined today. It's, it's been incredible. I have a whole load of things on my list I'd love to ask you. Um, maybe we'll have to get you on a game because there's so many amazing things. But boys, I hope that brings back some, some amazing memories. It certainly does for me. It's genuinely the most favourite sporting event of my life. And I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. You know, I know exactly where I was. And, and I can't go without saying the whole tennis world, you know, if, if, if this happens to two, it's a Roy of the Rovers story. If this happens to two people normally, people would find a reason why they wouldn't be so happy for them. But genuinely, everyone in the whole tennis world was completely over the moon. Um, you guys can live with that for the rest of your lives. You know, I know I, I certainly will as someone who's a good friend of you both. Um, and I thank you for giving me that experience, but also for sharing it with us today. So thank you very much, ladies and one. So thank you very much, guys. Thank yeah, thank you. thanks, mate. Stay Cheers, well, boys. Mate. How good was that, guys? That was unbelievable. Um, I've had the pleasure of editing that so i've listened to it over and over for the last the last few hours and it get, i can promise you it gets better and better every time i listen i get a i get a new nugget a new gem from both from both of the boys uh, whether you're looking at that from a from a mental training point of view philosophical whether you want them to understand how the brains of a tennis player works in the in the big moments uh, just just absolutely world-class insight from, from both boys. There was so much that we spoke about that, and we got to this point, but that wasn't the end of their careers. 2012 was far from the end of their careers. You know, Freddie Nielsen is still playing in 2020. And so I, I asked to speak to the boys the next day and they kindly gave their time up again. So there will be another podcast coming out in the next couple of days part three of this series which will be which will be post Wimbledon 2012 uh, how it's affected their lives how they what they've gone on to achieve as players and then also as coaches and how they've been able to bring their philosophies to to their coaching careers um, and, and and I can assure you there's <laughs> it, there's some more gems in there it's, it's well it's well worth another listen but yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for spending the time. Um, we're new to this podcast here at Control the Coronables, but please do like and share. And I believe these insights deserve 
deserve to be shared around the tennis world and it can be used as a really good learning platform for many so thank you for listening and any any requests any comments any anything you want to get in touch with us for get get in touch with myself at dan at sototennis.com and we're we're here to help you guys we're here to provide to entertain to educate and to energize you guys through this this difficult time thanks for listening <laughs>